0: Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm excited to speak tonight. I think that that God wanted this message for tonight because um, just because of what's it about, what it is about. I think it pertains to what we're going through as a church right now um, with the loss of Brother Kendall. I know that we're all heavy hearted tonight because of that, um, but we have to stay in faith. Amen. Now is not the time to lose our faith, no. Amen. right? We get rocked a little bit. We can't walk away. We can't let go. We have to keep holding on to faith. So tonight I want to uh, just share what, what God has put on my heart, um, a message called start in the spirit and finish in the spirit. Amen. And it came um, from a, a passage that I read in Galatians chapter three, and I won't have you turn there. I'll just read it to you um, in the NLT Galatians chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. It says, O foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit. Because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be after starting your new lives in the Spirit? Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Amen. It doesn't really feel good to read that. Paul knows how to step on your toes, doesn't he? Amen. Amen. He knows how to pack a punch. But but we need those scriptures sometimes to kind of wake us up to shake us. Amen. He's saying, why are you trying to do now in the flesh, what you started in the spirit? You cannot accomplish in the flesh what you can accomplish in the spirit. Amen. Because in the spirit, we have faith in the flesh. We we don't have that faith. Amen. Faith is not of the flesh. It's of the spirit. And so when we, we get out of the spirit We don't have anything to hold on to. We don't have anything to ground us. Amen. Faith is an anchor for us, and it grounds us. And so sometimes discouragement can come along, and it can get us back into the flesh. Like I was just talking about with Brother Kendall, you know, all those bad reports that we received, it's discouraging. It was discouraging, wasn't it? It was discouraging to hear those bad things, but but we had to stay strong in faith. And even though the bad reports continued to come in, we had to keep on pressing and keep on praying and not begging God for healing, but believing that healing was going to come. And so discouragement can come and push us into the flesh as well as just cares um, that come at us and overwhelm us. And it makes me think of Peter as he walked on the water. You know, he was walking on Jesus's word. He had the faith to believe that Jesus said, come, and he could go. He could go to him. Amen. So he started in faith. He started in the spirit. But then once he got there, the, the waves scared him. The cares of life overwhelmed him, and he sank. And Jesus said, oh, you of little faith. Amen. Because he lost his faith. He started in faith, but then by the time he got out there, he lost it. Amen. And so many times that can happen to us. And it says in Ephesians 6, having done all to stand, stand. Amen. Sometimes we feel so um, bogged down. Like, Lord, I have been standing for so long. And I feel like I've done all that I can do to keep standing. What else can I do now? The answer is simple. You just keep standing. Amen. I've done all that I can to stand. I'm just going to keep standing. I'm not going to give up now. Amen. I remember um, a few weeks ago, Dad said something when he was preaching. He was talking about Brother Kendall, and he said, "Why why would I lose faith now? Amen. Why would I give in to fear now? We've come so far. Why would I give in now? Amen. And so having... All this time we've been standing, so why would we give up now when we need it the most? Amen. And so you might wonder when he says stand, what is he talking about? Stand where? Stand in what? He's talking about faith. Stand in faith. Continue to stand in faith. When you've done all that you can to stand, keep on standing. Amen. And the Lord ministered something to my heart a while ago, and it, it brings me such comfort and encouragement Um, I was on Facebook one day, and I saw um, another young lady. She's a few years older than me, but she's um, an ordained minister in another state. And uh, she was preaching a several-day revival. Um, She was the only speaker. And I just thought to myself, I could never do that. Because the devil, the devil's a liar, but he'll come and he'll discourage you. And he'll use other people, and he'll say, look at them. You could never do that you'll never be as good as them. You'll never have that ability. And so he'll come and discourage you before the Lord even has a chance to use you in that arena. And so I just said to myself, I can never do that. And the Lord just spoke to me later on that night. I believe it was a a Tuesday, and, and then we had prayer meeting that night. But he just said, I will never ask you to do anything in your own ability. Yeah, amen. Amen. God will ask us to do a lot of things. And have you ever heard a lot of people say God will never ask you to do anything that you can't handle or something like that? That's, a, that's not scripture. That's, they're misquoting a scripture. The scripture says that He'll never let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Not that He won't give you what you can't or what you can't. I don't even know what it is. It's a misquote of scripture. But basically, people think God will never give you more than you can handle. Yes, He will, because you need to rely on Him. If He gives you all this stuff you can handle, you're not going to rely on him because you can handle it in your own ability. So he's giving you, th- he's going to ask a lot of you, but he's never going to ask you to do it in your own ability, in your own power. The word said, it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And so whatever he asks us to do, we will not be able to handle it. But as long as we stay in the spirit and we stay connected with him, he'll help us through it and he'll be able to, to work through us. In Luke chapter 4, in verse 1, and then in verse 14, it says first that Jesus was filled with the Spirit, and then he was led by the Spirit, and then he returned in the power of the Spirit. Amen. So Jesus stayed in the Spirit, right? And so Jesus began his race in the spirit. And then he finished his race in the spirit. And how, how did he do that? And how can we do that? Amen. Because Jesus is our example, right? And so we can walk after him and take his life and model our own life after it. And so he was very close with the spirit and always followed the spirit closely. Amen. Jesus was always surrounded by people. It says the multitudes followed him. So he always had people around him. He had his 12 close disciples around him. But it says often in the book of Luke that he departed to a deserted place to pray. And so he always made sure to take that time. Even a lot of time it said it early in the morning before the sun would come up. He would take that time. He knew that he had to, to take that time, you know, even if it's before anyone else was awake just to have that time with the Father and have that time with the Spirit. It, also, it says of Jesus that he only said what his Father told him to say. He never said anything that he wanted to say in his own flesh, because Jesus was 100% man, right? I'm sure there were things that Jesus thought and that he wanted to say, but, the, but God didn't tell him to say it, and so he kept it to himself. And then it, 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 he says in the garden, um, "...not my will, but thy will be done." And if you're not in the spirit, you can't pray that you can't. I mean, you could say it, but you can't really believe it unless you're in the spirit, because like I was talking about, sometimes God is going to ask you to do things that you don't want to do, that you say, I don't have the ability to do that, but he'll give you the strength and he'll give you the power to do it. Amen. In Galatians 2 20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live, I live the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so in the first line it says, I it is no longer I who live. And so if we want to live in the spirit, if we want to walk in the spirit, we have to give up lordship. It is no longer I who live. I have been crucified with Christ. Katie no longer lives. She has been crucified with Christ. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. Amen. It says now I live by faith. Now I live by faith. Amen. Not tomorrow, not sometime down the road when I get a little bit more scripture memorized and I feel a little bit stronger spiritually. Now. I have to, I have to start now living by faith. Amen. Even if everything's going great for me, I need to live by faith right now. Because when something comes on down the line, something, a bad situation or a bad report, I don't have time to build up my faith. Amen. I don't have time to build my storm shelter when hail is raining down on my head. Amen. I got to build up my faith when, when it, when everything's sunny. Amen. And my bank accounts overflowing and and my kids are behaved and all things are good. Amen. (laughs) Amen. But then, you know, days are going to come where that is not all happening. But I still have to believe that the word is true. And if I don't have that faith built up, I'm not going to believe that the word is true. Amen? Because sometimes we don't get to see the word. We just have to believe it. Amen? Like it says, by Jesus' stripes we were healed. We don't always feel that immediately. Amen? Sometimes we feel sick and we feel tired and it's been a long time. And why isn't this happening? And why isn't my healing coming yet? But we have to hold on. My healing's already here. I'm just waiting for my body to catch up. Amen? Amen? So when we're in the spirit, we take God at his word. Amen? In Luke chapter 5, 4 through 11, it says this. When he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered him and said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And, and so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Amen. I like that Peter says, we've caught nothing. I appreciate your advice, but we just did that all night long and we caught nothing. But nevertheless, at your word, I will let the net down. Amen. And so we have to be the same way that when Jesus tells us something or the spirit tells us something and we're like. "Okay, well, that didn't work the first time. But now you're telling me to do it again. Okay. At your word, I'll do it. Amen. And when we take God for his word, he always comes through. Amen. He doesn't just come through a little bit, but he comes through so much that he he sinks two boats. You couldn't even catch one fish, Peter, and Jesus just sank two boats with fish. Amen. So Jesus comes through in our situations when we are trying something again in our own ability and nothing seems to be working. But when the Spirit comes and moves through us, He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think or imagine. Amen. And it's interesting how it says, For He and all who were with Him were astonished at the catch of fish. Amen. We are oftentimes astonished when God's word actually works. Yeah. Amen. As believers, as covenant people who, who, who have these promises, these promises are for me, I can claim them. I'm astonished when it actually happens. Yeah. That's, that should not be that way. Amen. When a promise comes to pass, I should not be so surprised. I should say, praise God that that happened. But I knew it was going to happen because it's mine. This promise is mine. It's for my taking. Amen. I shouldn't be shocked when God comes through for me. Amen. When my father, Jehovah Jireh, my provider provides for me, I should not be shocked by that. Amen. Um, and, and so last year, this last year really built my faith. It was around this time last year. Um, we, some of the people in my family got COVID in our immediate family, not all of us, but a handful of us did. And so I remember I didn't ask beforehand, so I won't say who, but one person in particular who was positive, um, they, they were worse than everybody else. Like their symptoms were way worse than everybody else's, I, at least to me. And so... And I remember when, when some of us started testing positive, my faith was not ready to handle that situation. Amen. And this was, you know, 2020 when we were still really worked up about COVID. And I know that some people are, but, but some of us, you know, we're not as worked up. We're still trying to be safe and everything, but we're not as fearful as we were maybe a couple or almost two years ago. So um, anyway, so this one per, person in particular, they were worse Um, than everybody else, and we had just got these scripture confession books that have um, just prayers that you can pray the word um, over your situation, and so I would just pray the healing scriptures over all my family members, but especially this one uh, family member, and you know, how can you ever wrap your mind around, I'm just going to speak this word, and all of a sudden, my body's going to feel better. Your flesh does not understand that. Yeah. Your mind does not wrap around that. How, how does just saying words make me feel better? How does just saying words make somebody else physically healed? It doesn't make any sense in the physical. Amen. But we can't look at things in the physical. We have to look them through the spiritual eyes, yeah. through faith. Amen. And so I know that I can take this word and speak the promises and they'll manifest, amen. But I have to speak them physically, audibly, speak them out, and believe them in my heart before it will come to pass. And so I was doing that um, for for a few days, and there was really no progress. It seemed like, amen. We, as as humans, we like to see results, amen. We like to see what I'm doing in the spiritual is actually working, but we have to believe that even when we don't see it, it really is actually working. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I just don't see it yet. Like I said, I can say by Jesus' stripes, I am healed and still feel sick, but it's not God's word that's lacking. It's my flesh that needs to catch up. Amen. Needs to get the, get the memo. You're healed. You need to feel better. So anyway, I, I was still doing this And still just pressing in, and then all of a sudden one day I woke up. First thing I woke up, and Jesus said, or the Spirit says to me, the word is working. I said, "That's all I need. That's all I need to just keep me going." Amen. It was one of those things where it's like, Lord, I'm standing, I'm standing, I'm standing. I'm (laughs) feels like I've done all to stand. What do I do now? Stand. Amen. That's all I needed, just that push. The Word is working. And so if now I know the Spirit has confirmed with me, the Word is working, so then what am I going to, walk away, lay it down? No, I'm going to keep speaking the Word. Amen. The Word is working, but I have to work the Word. Amen. I have to speak it. I have to believe it. I can't ask God for things that I don't actually believe, right? Because it talks about in James that, that a man who asks with doubt in his heart should not expect anything from God because he's double-minded. Amen. He's like a wave tossed by the sea. And so we have to ask in faith and really believe what we're asking God. And when we use scripture, really believe what the word says. Amen. And that's hard at first, but if you keep on doing it, it just gets easier and easier and easier. Amen. In Hebrews 10, 23, it says this, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And so that was just what I was just talking about. Hold fast to the confession. Amen. Confession, confess, confessing the word with your mouth. You have to hold fast. So what, like, what does that mean? Just don't give up. Amen. Hold fast to it. Even when the situation around you is not changing, you're speaking the word, you're speaking the word, you're speaking the word, you see all the same things. Hold fast. Amen. The confession of our hope. Amen. Our hope has to be in the Lord. We cannot put our hope in anything but God. It will always disappoint you. It will always disappoint me if I put my hope in anything but God. Amen. And so we have to hold on. To our hope without wavering. That's where faith comes in. Don't don't let your mind be deceived. Don't let the devil lie to you and say, this this doesn't even make sense. What are you doing? You're wasting your time speaking words. It's not going to work. No, the devil is a liar. I'm not going to let him shake me. I'm going to hold on to this without wavering. Amen. Because he who promised is faithful. God gave me these promises. And he's not... He's not a cheap talker, amen? He's not just gonna say something and then not come through for me. He is faithful. And it says in his word that that he shows himself faithful to those who are faithful. So if I want God to be faithful to me, I'm gonna be faithful to him, amen? I'm gonna be faithful to get in his word and speak his word. I'm going to be faithful to believe. I'm going to be faithful to the house of God. I'm going to be faithful to my man of God who who brings the word each week. I'm going to be faithful to tithe. I'm going to be faithful to pray every day. I'm going to be faithful to get into my word every day. And so if I'm faithful, he will show himself faithful to me. And that's another promise that he's made. When God gives you a promise, that is a check you can take to the bank and it's going to clear. Amen. (laughs) It's not going to bounce. It's going to clear. Amen. In Romans 4, 17 through 22, it says this of Abraham, As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope in hope in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Amen. I love that passage and there's so much in just those just those few verses that we can learn from Abraham that he did not consider his own body or his wife's body, but he was strengthened in faith. He did not waver, but he was strengthened. Amen. When you hold on to faith, it'll strengthen you. And so we read that about Abraham, about how how they were going to have the son of promise, amen, in their old age, which is physically impossible, right? But he held on to faith. But the thing is, is that it's great that Abraham believes, but what about Sarah, amen? Because if they're going to have this baby together, they both have to believe that God who made this promise is faithful to bring it to pass, even though naturally it makes no sense, even though naturally there's so many reasons why it shouldn't happen, amen? And so this is what Hebrews... 11.11 says of Sarah, By faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Amen. So Sarah herself believed God. Amen. And so when we're going through something It's so nice to be in a church, amen, with a family of believers and say, hey, I'm struggling right now. I'm going through this or someone I know is going through this. Can you please help me pray? But we ourselves have to believe Amen. What we're praying. We can't just call Pastor and Brenda and say please pray, please pray, please pray. But we also need to believe that God can come through for us and answer and and uh, bring that need and and answer that prayer for us. We can't just rely on someone else. Sarah couldn't just rely on Abraham's faith. She had to have faith for herself yeah. because she was part of the promise too. Amen. So we need to believe for ourselves, not just ask somebody else to believe for us. And so First, when Abraham only believed, they did have a son, right? But it wasn't the son of promise. Abraham believed that he could have a child, but Sarah didn't believe she could have a child. So he went to another woman. And it was a son, but it was not the son of promise. Amen. And sometimes we allow ourselves to go outside of God's will and make something for ourselves. And it's good, but it's not God. Amen. There's a difference between good and God, right? I don't want Ishmael. I want the promise. I don't want something that looks nice. I want God's word on the situation. Amen. So she was able to do something physically impossible because she believed, because she judged him faithful who had promised. And so we need to ask ourselves, how do we judge the Lord? Do we judge him faithful or do we judge him not faithful? Because he's made the promise to us, amen. If we're in covenant with God, that promise is available to us. But if we don't judge him faithful, the promise won't come through for us. So we have to judge him faithful who had promised. We have to believe God what we're asking for, amen. So I just want to finish up tonight with this um, kind of testimony or revelation um, that I received. I don't even know how long ago. It's been a while now. Um, But it was regarding Brother Kendall. And I remember, you know, as we were fasting and as we were praying for Brother Kendall, and the reports just kept getting worse. Amen. When we we would be fasting and praying, and it seemed like everything was okay for a little bit. And then Sister Kendall would call and say, this is happening. Please pray. And it's like, that's not the report that we wanted to hear. Amen. We wanted a good report from man, right? That's what we wanted. We wanted to hear from a man. We wanted to hear from a doctor that, that the cancer was gone or, or that, that, that it was shrinking or, or whatever. That's what we wanted. But we, we never got that. But as the reports kept coming in, as, as they were getting worse, I just felt God saying to me, the devil is a liar. Amen. And the word, it says, Satan is the father of all lies, and there is no truth in him. Amen. And so, as I prayed about that, I just felt God explaining it to me like this. That Satan wants us to think that prayer doesn't work. Because as we're looking at Brother Kendall, we're praying, we're believing, and it's not physically getting any better. That means, if we look at it from a physical standpoint... From a fleshly standpoint it means that prayer doesn't work if you're praying for someone and they're not getting better then prayer doesn't work the word doesn't work but if you look in the spirit if you stay in the spirit you know that even when the doctor's report is bad even when nothing is improving nothing is getting any better you know that prayer works You know that God's word works, but you have to be in faith. You have to be in the spirit to believe that that's true. If you're in the flesh, you're not going to believe it. Amen. And so um, I remember Brother Kendall, when he would come to the prayer meetings, I would hear him say, Lord, we're living by faith. And it was just so encouraging encouraging to me to hear him say that. Because to me, that's him saying, I'm not giving up. I'm not done. I know that your word is true. I don't care what man says. Amen. It was so encouraging me to encouraging to me to hear that because if he is not giving up and he's the one going through it, then I shouldn't give up. Amen. Yep. And so now that brother Kendall has gone on to glory, he no longer needs faith. Amen. Because you don't need faith to believe that Jesus is the healer when you're looking the healer in the face. Amen. When you get to see him face to face and you see the scars in his hands, you don't need faith to believe that he is who he says he is because you're looking him in his eyes. And so he, Brother Kendall, no longer has to live by faith, but you and I do. And now more than ever, amen, we have to live by faith. It says in Luke chapter 18, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find faith in me? Amen. And so we need to continue to live by faith. And even though the testimony that we wanted of Brother Kendall's life was a report from man. Amen. Like I was just saying, we wanted a doctor to say, it's gone. It's completely gone. I don't know how that happened. That's what we wanted, right? That's what we all wanted. Amen. But that's not what we got. But I don't believe just because Brother Kendall's gone now that we don't have a testimony from his life. Especially this this last few months. Watching him live by faith and standing on God's word, that is a testimony in and of itself. When you continue to hear bad report, bad report, bad report, and he just says, we're living by faith. That is a testimony. And I pray that you and I have faith like that. That even, and I don't, obviously I don't want anything bad like that to happen to any of us, but... We need to have that level of faith that no matter what a man says about you or me, we believe that it, that will that trump the word of God, what it says about us. It is never going to be greater than what God's word says about me. Amen. So I just want to encourage you to stay in the spirit. Don't give up on prayer. Don't give up on faith. Don't give up on healing. Amen. It's easy right now to just ask why. Why, why, why did this happen? I don't understand. And I, honestly, I want to know why too. I do. I want to know why Brother Kendall's life ended the way that it did. But I just, when I, I just feel in my spirit that, that that's not what we need to focus on right now. That that is a waste of our time. Being end time believers, it is a waste of our time to ask God Why? We just need to keep our head down and walk in faith and stay in the spirit. That's all that we can do right now. If, I feel like if Brother Kendall could tell us something right now, it's live by faith. Amen. Walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. Praise the Lord. Jocelyn, you can start some music.